The Saudi Arabian football revolution is well and truly underway with big names flying out to the league in their numbers. We've seen Ronaldo, we've seen Benzema go already and every single day it seems another Premier League player and beyond is linked with Saudi Arabia. Today we have the important debate, is this good for football? Is Saudi Arabia ruining football or is this a benefit of the sport? Roll that intro. Hello and welcome back to the Lost in Possession podcast. First things first, please do us a favour and hit that subscribe button. Free weekly football straight to your door. Today, there is only one topic on the agenda and it's an important debate that we're seeing a lot of people have. The Saudi Arabian football revolution, as I said, is taking the footballing world by storm. Now, before we get into it, I'm going to read off a list of players from the Premier League that are already rumoured to be joining Saudi Arabia. This probably doesn't cover it. Kante. Mares, Neves, Ziyech, Gundogan, Koulibaly, Son, Lloris, Abamyang, Zahar, Firmino, Mina, Traore, Lukaku, Walcott, Party, Bernardo Silva. And that is not the end of it. Now, the point I'm trying to make is it seems that all the big Premier League clubs are being raided by the Saudi Arabian League. Today, is this good or bad for football? Jamie, we'll come to you first with the, I guess, the starting question of this debate. Is this going to reshape the Premier League as we know it? Mm, I don't think it gonna, it's going to reshape anything. It might be... I think there might be some concerns on players' contracts, really, because if they're dwindling down their contracts, the Saudis can come in and offer massive wages that some Premier League teams can't compete with. And that's where they're going to lose players so they're going to be forced i think to try and sell a year a year left on their contract to be honest so that's i think where the concern might be i don't think it's going to reshape anything to do with the league there's no way like there's no really way of stopping it apart from a sort of a ban on selling to saudi teams which i think would be ridiculous just i don't think that, sh- that that's not good for football because even though we live in england we love the Premier League football and everything to do with the English pyramid. Other countries have got to have football as well. It's a, it's the world's biggest sport. So no, I don't think it's going to reshape the Premier League, but I think teams are going to be slightly concerned if the spending continues. It could just be a flash in the pan where this summer they're trying their luck, see where they go, and then they might might have the players for a year and go, this ain't working. So that's, it's sort of like, it could be a much bigger thing than, say, the China one that happened a few years ago. But they then put regulations on their own league, which basically stopped them going bankrupt, but also stopped any excitement in the league. So I think the Premier League is still a much stronger competition. Um, European football is still the one that people will come to see. But the Middle East are trying to throw around their cash to expand it. And I think this has been coming with you've got the likes of City's owners, you've got Newcastle's owners, you've got the uh, Qataris who are trying to buy United. The Middle East are trying to come in and get football more popular. Obviously, had Qatar World Cup as well. I don't think it's a bad thing for the sport. 
but it could damage the Premier League. But it will take some years. Yeah, and to be honest, it's a good start either way. Whether or not it's it's going to damage the Premier League, without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to blow up the league. You know, five, ten x percent on viewership because even despite all the players I've just read off, obviously they're not all going to go to Saudi Arabia this season. But to have potentially the the greatest of all time, Ronaldo, we can debate that another time. But potentially him going, you've got the Ballon d'Or winner Benzema, you then got Kante, one of the best midfielders of the generation. It's not going to stop there. But this is going to bring new interest. Reese. to go back to the question, how do you think this is going to impact Premier League clubs and players now? Um, I don't think it's going to impact anything in the short term. I mean, let's be honest, with the exception of Ruben Neves, all of those players are, what, over 30? 30 or minimum? So it's a very short-term thing. You know, they go there for a last payday. You know, they're giving clubs substantial amounts to take these players off their you know, take the players off their sort of wage bill. Um, I personally don't think it's going to matter too much. You know, we've seen it with the MLS, we've seen it with China. Be honest, you know, when Beckham went to the MLS or when China started to sign a couple of players, did any of you watch those? No, not really. I personally wouldn't exactly be rushing to watch the Saudi league as well. Um, I just just don't really see much of the appeal to it. You know, if, if a lot of those players are that good, they would have st- they would have probably have been offered deals to stay or something like that. But I don't think it's a big deal. I really, really don't. I, I see it lasting consistently because it's got more money and more, you know, more of an infrastructure than what the Chinese league could offer, for example. Um, I just don't see it being an issue yet. Ruben Neves is probably the interesting one because he's at the peak of his footballing powers and they've paid 55 million for him. Something like that. It becomes an issue if they're able to attract players like that. You know, I personally do not see in a million years Kylian Mbappe going there now. I do not see Erlen Haaland wanting to go there now. I do not see Jack Grealish wanting to go. I don't see, you know, Saka taking the offer now. It's when you get those players in is when it becomes a problem. I think Neves, to your point, Neves is is the first one where you've looked and gone, wow. You know, and I don't mean that, you know, Neves clearly isn't on the same level as Benzema, Ronaldo and Kante, but those players, you can almost slightly understand the move and justify it. They're almost in those, you know, might be a bit harsh, but those sort of footballing retirement years. Whereas Neves, it feels like there's more to give. Yeah, you know, he, he wasn't exactly, you know, ripping up the world, playing wall, you know, football at Wolves, right? But I think he's one of those signings that makes you think, damn, this is a, this is a statement even though he's not the best player he's going to sign. Although with Neves, I think he probably could have got a move to a bigger club than Wolves this summer if he didn't go to Saudi. So it's taken someone that, to be honest, I've it was linked, I think, with Arsenal quite a lot. And they need and teams need to build, like, a rebuild in their midfield. So I didn't actually realise he's only 26, I think it is. I thought he was older. Maybe it's just... I think he looks a bit older, to be perfectly honest. But it's yeah, it's surprising because he has had he probably was going to get the opportunity to play in a European competition at least, if not the Champions League. So to see him go, it's sort of one of them things. But sometimes, like money talks, and the money that they will make out there, I don't know his contract situation, but if you think of sort of Kante's getting offered. I think it's 25 million a season. 
plus his any sort of um, media rights and other sort of aspects add-ons, it's going to set up generational wealth. And I'm not just talking about his kids. I'm talking about his kids' kids, probably kids. So that's where you've got to think it's also a job. And that's where some people will go. I think the Neves is actually probably looking at the similar to the Chinese one of Oscar when he left Chelsea yeah. going over there. That's at the moment, that's the comparison. Obviously, if Saudis continue and build up, it could be a better move than what the Oscar one turned out because I think that flopped, <laughs> to yeah. be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, if we talk about Ruben Neves, right, he's gone for £47 million. He's not worth that. It's, I'd say 30 at no. most. Yeah. So they've paid an overinflated price, so you're not going to turn that money down. From what I hear, he's going to earn £300,000 a week. That's insane. You're not going to pay him that. You might, you'll probably pay him 100, 100 grand a week at a top six club, but, but 300 grand a week and 40. So Wolves are laughing, really. Wolves are laughing to take that money because you can get a good replacement, good, good replacement for him for that. But that's where the warning, this is where like the warning comes in or warning, so to speak. It's not, it's not an issue, but they are not going to be confided by FFP, are they? So if Ruben Owens can go for 40, 49, 47, million pounds what could stop them saying you know james madison will offer a hundred million pounds and we'll give you 600 grand a week i don't think he would probably go for it but there's nothing stopping them in that element it will take one or two to trickle it i think i think it's an interesting point though with that i think if you're if you're going to offer the big bucks like that i think more and more will go even even a james madison because so much money, it it will matter, I think. Well, the good debate it brings up now, and we've seen a few players over the years come out and say this, but it brings up the sort of moral debate for footballers or the motivation or, or why they got into football. Because it then becomes, is it is it you're playing football because you love it and you want to be the best and, and all the rest of it? Or is it that you treat it purely as a job? And we've seen over the years, I can't remember the exact players off the top of my head, but people have come out and said, I don't I don't like football. It's just a job to me. Admittedly, That's not so many. is one of them. Was, right, yeah, yeah. There, there was a yeah, uh, few. But I think the, the, the Chinese case study is a good example because the, the question I'd ask, has there been any success stories from the China? Oscar was probably the highest profile, high potential. Him and, him and Hulk, wasn't it? Hulk as well. Yeah. The difference, I suppose the only issue for Oscar is he's not been able to come back, has he? I mean, Holt came back, um, Axel Witzel come back. Um, quite a lot of those players have, have come back. Um, but it's the issue with it is once you do move out there, it becomes very hard to get you back because, for example, if Oscar's on £400,000 a week out in China, you're not going to pay that. That's absurd money. So that's why you go when you're older because no one's going to want to buy you anyway. So if Madison, I don't really, if Madison was the example to go out there, you can't come back because <laughs> you can't offer the money for him. Yeah. But I think he could, but the only reason he come back, he has to know he's not getting paid the same amount of wages. So if that, that's the sort of aspect that he could come back and go, you know what? I've earned enough money. I'm going to go play for, I'll go back to Leicester or whatever, somewhere, just somewhere. 
like I'll go and try and win a trophy now back in them sort of league in the sort of European football leagues. But to your so, point, that's then too late. Because for him to want to do that, it'll be too late in his career. And he would potentially be so past it that Leicester, in this example, probably then wouldn't want him. Yeah, quite possible. So this so, is why it's nothing to worry about, because they're not going to go then, are they? You know, they will they will think of their careers. You know, you can look, it's different for us. You know, if a company comes along to us, doubles our wages, we're going to take it. There's, we can't criticise people for that. Or any sponsors, just putting it out there. Any sponsors want to know? <laughs> but in a in a footballing landscape, it's no different. But of course, there are those elements of well, if I do go to the Middle East, coming back, you know, I don't want to drop two hundred grand a week in my wages. It, it's that's where it all becomes a tricky situation for people. Well, let, let's so, sorry, go on. I'll, I was going to, yeah, I was going to move on. I think one thing that was sort of mentioned before was FFP. And I think it's quite interesting that one club in particular seems to be getting raided the most. And that's your fellow Chelsea, Jordan. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Because <laughs> if you look at it, so you've had Kante leave, you've got Mendy, Koulibaly, Ziyech, of. All look, them three look likely to leave as well. So it's not like they're rumours or anything. It's likely to leave. Chelsea do have other players leaving that are look likely to be in the Premier League with Havertz, Kovacic, Mount, for example. This could seriously actually, I think, help you in a way that the Saudis have come in when you're probably not in great terms with FFP, but you also want to rebuild your squad because you've got a bit of some deadwood really that I think you need to get rid of so I think this could be a perfect time for Chelsea Jord I know you probably want to rant on something else about it that you've mentioned but I'll, I think it could be a good thing for Chelsea especially yeah. I think I, I think that's one of the pros I was going to get onto sort of pros and cons for, for the Saudi sort of current situation and I think this is one of the pros not not specifically for Chelsea but the the fact that players can have a good career, have a competitive career. And then essentially, because you've got to remember, you know, we've talked about actual work and non-footballing careers. You know, when you're 35, you're basically retired in football terms, right? And in life and reality, that's just ridiculous. That's never the case. You're not even halfway there almost. So I think in that sense, in terms of football being more of a career, I think this is a good thing because it allows those players coming towards the end of their careers to earn silly money, and almost set them up and set their family. I know they're, they're probably already doing it right. Let's be fair, but sets them up for those future years. And you might then see a few footballers just completely retire and not not go into punditry or management. So I think we'll see a bit of that. Um, I mean, the Chelsea rant to get onto. I, I, I'll save the rest for a TikTok. But we spent a load of money. People kicking off, and then you've got the, all, all today, yesterday coming out on Twitter going, oh. Chelsea are financial doping. They're, they're selling their players to Saudi. So, Bodhi's a criminal. So, it's, it's like, it's honestly one of the most baffling things. We spend money, it's, it's an issue. Then we try and balance the books and sell to Saudi that every other club's going to be doing, by the way. You've got two plus Saudi-owned clubs already. And then we're selling players and people are still moaning. So, honestly, it's, it's, it's one of the most baffling things. And on top of that, you got people going, Bowley's clueless, Bowley's clueless. 
well, what is he? Is he clueless or is he an absolute genius who's, who's got around FFP twice? So I, I, I don't get the hate. And, and as, as you said, Jamie, for us at the minute, where we need to clear out maybe a third of the squad, players, you know, you, you, maybe your Pulisic, your, your Zieches and your Koulibaly's, it might work in our favour because we'll get, you know, 50%, 60% extra on what another club, you know, in Italy or Spain would have, would have paid for them. So I think that is the positive side to it, not just for us, but, but, but clubs in general. Well, this is it. It's like, you are literally getting rid of old junk. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Like, like it's equivalent of me cleaning out my wardrobe, you know, and selling stuff on, on websites or putting it out, you know, at a car boot. You're getting easy money for players that nobody wants. Derek Koulibaly is going to go for, what, 25 and a half million quid? You bought him for 33. Yeah, it's a loss. But you've got the easiest money ever. No one was going to pay that. Some clubs in Europe might have done, but they're not going to pay the wages, are they? Really? It's the easiest sell you can ever get. This is why clubs are going to go there, because they look at it going, well, we could get 20 million for this player. We don't even want him anymore. You, yeah. might have the, you might have the issue of clubs going, go on, you go, pushing players out, and the players are like, I don't want to go. <laughs> it could be that <laughs> way with the money coming in. <laughs> but obviously, the four players that I mentioned with Chelsea, none of them, none of them are going to start. So Kante is the half exception, but he's getting injured every time. Chelsea were going to, I've seen Chelsea were going to offer him a contract in March this year, and then he got injured again. So they were like, we there's, we can't do that. So it's just another way of none of these players are meant to play. Ziyech was meant to go to PSG, remember on the final day of the transfer window, and then that fell through. Through. I think was it Chelsea's was it Chelsea's fault or PSG's fault? One of the two. Yeah, probably our fault. Yeah, probably. But that's sort of Mendy, he's fallen completely out of favour. And I've seen reports that Kepa's going to be the number one keeper for Poch. Whether that's true or not, it's just rumours. But it's well looking likely with Mendy going out. And Kulabali hasn't done well, really, let's be honest. He's had it's his first season. Maybe he needs another season to get into it, but He's he was he's thirty something I believe, and you're getting pretty much most of your money back. It's a no brainer really, especially when you've got to balance the books. I think it's more interesting seeing today's report though, of Partey given being given permission by Arsenal for a Saudi club to come come in for him. Whether that means I don't know if that means some are talking to him or not, but Reese, are you a bit concerned that Partey who at the start of this season, or last season, however you want to look at it, was being compared as the best CDM in the world, based on form at the time, and now just to be straight out the door. Seems a bit odd from an outsider's perspective. Not for me. Um, something's obviously gone on or whatever, or they've got a replacement already lined up in mind. Arteta doesn't just let them go. He tends to have someone in mind for him. And I think his form at the end of the season wasn't good enough. And if Saudi Arabia are offering a few million quid, I think it's easy to take now. For nothing. And someone who's very injury prone as well, by the way. Nothing in the future. Look, he's been great. But I think just take the money and run. Yeah, but you've got to have a replacement. And I don't, I don't yeah, think... They probably you do know. have one. They probably have got one lined they're, up. They're after Rice, to be fair. That's, he's going to be taking that position. They've looked at Rice. Losing Jacker as well, it's Yeah, yeah but I mean, they're not going to bring anyone else in. 
it's freshening up, aren't they? There are rumours with Rias, there's rumours with Sacido, there's rumours with Gundogan, there's rumours with, you know, he's even training players for new positions, for example. Could actually put Sinchenko there, by the way. <laughs> he's yeah. actually a centre mid. <laughs> there's rumours, you know, he's, he's even going to probably move, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe in a bit deeper. So a player will probably come back behind him. It's just it's just how 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 you want to work it, you know, and I think I think it's fine. I'm not I'm not complaining too much if he is so good luck to him, you know, I simple as that. I do have one more question and it's technically about what would be another competitor in sort of similar aspects. All this talk's been done and it's all like you were saying, Jordan, the complaints have been it's um, there's sports washing, all this stuff coming in. Oh, look how much money it is, etc., etc. But no one really complained when Messi got his deal. And if you look into specifics of Messi's deal in the MLS, it's I think it's actually borderline like corrupt because he's getting money, or the there's every club in the MLS are paying money towards Messi how can someone plan against you and you're paying money for them and there's not really been any sort of outrage okay Messi for me is the greatest ever player but for other clubs to be playing paying him just for the pleasure of him being in your league that's utter ridiculous it's a very different system the American league I don't know the ins and outs of it because don't forget they either do free transfers or they do drafts right so, for them to have Messi in their game is probably worth it financially. If everyone's contributing, they're probably well, all going to sell more when they come to play each other. Well, if you see, yeah, the if you see already, all all seats are sold already. Yeah, for any game that Messi's going to be at, and I think the cheapest tickets are six hundred quid or six hundred dollars. Sorry, so it's been used to raise the profile of their game. I get that logic in it. It's not sustainable if you do it with everybody. No. But for what they're trying to achieve, it makes sense because you can easily, I'm not sure how much you pay each, but you're going to probably double that investment, treble that investment just by people coming to your game. So if you think about it from like a business perspective, let's say I'm just, I'm a water company. Oh, because I've brought this water in, you've all got to pay me. Like I'm taking the benefit he could win me trophies in this sort of aspect for Messi, but you're going to pay to watch me kick on. I think yeah. it's baffling, but no one's battered an eyelid. And that's just because it's in America, I think. And I think that's something that I think still needs to be kicked out just completely in the media. But just because it's from the Middle East, it isn't, it, well, it could be bad. It could be sports washing. I don't know. As fans, we don't know, but when if they did that deal that Messi had in Saudi Arabia, imagine they would be they wouldn't stop talking about it. No. They wouldn't they wouldn't play the ashes on Sky Sports because they'd be talking about it so much. Mm-hmm. It's sort of it's it's a bit. I think they do need to stop with the complete bad bad mouthing of it because they try to pa- paint the picture of Qatar being an awful World Cup. I actually don't think it was even though i personally didn't i don't like it being in the winter i prefer it in the summer but that's they had to move it for it and i think it just got 
it just gets painted such in a bad picture when it wouldn't elsewhere and doesn't yeah. elsewhere. It's easy yeah. to target, isn't it? We don't need to get into yeah. the nuts and crannies of it. At the end of the day, every every country has its problems. Every country has its positives. You know, it's just what it's what you you know where you live and, and whatever. But um, yeah, it is very hypocritical. You know, it's like you look how it is with the golf as well. You're complaining about the golf. Surely there should be some other competition. Yeah, you can't just have a monopoly on everything. And the Premier League are just as guilty as this. They want a monopoly on everything. They started this whole concept. Buying all these players for the big money, they're the ones with all the big wages. And as soon as some of the, you know, they're happy to, you know, get, you know, buy all these players in the hundred million pound Pogba's, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, raise the profile of the game. Now that another league's trying to do it, they don't like it. And yet they're exactly the same. Where it becomes a problem, well, I don't think it is a problem, but you know what I mean, is I believe this whole Saudi league is backed by the Public Investment Fund. I think the the PIF which is a whole concept about um, it's a big wealth fund basically for Saudi Arabia with their 2030 vision. So it's to pump money into things to boost the country, boost the profile, etc. Now who are PIF involved with? Jamie, you can have the first guess. I actually have no idea. <laughs> is it City then? Probably can't <laughs> No, Newcastle. So, Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. The only it's where, where can you, <laughs> regulate things where you know say that league is buying those players what if they start loaning them to Newcastle for free you know is it not I know you get this with you know the Udinese's the Watford's you know City Palermo Chelsea oh. but that's that's where people will probably get the ump with it because it's like well you've brought him in and then you've loaned him straight out I personally don't think they'll do that but could that be a problem for the league if they start doing that the only problem with that is obviously City have the City group and they can do exactly the same, really. But they have their main focus being at City. So it's a bit, I think it's a bit different. But you're saying that if the PIF fund is for boosting Saudi by 2030, then I don't think that's going to be a concern. Yeah, it's, it's a wealth fund. It's, it's like, you know, you can yeah. dip into it, but... Yeah, I just thought like if Udinese and Watford do it, they'd get away with it easier because they don't even play on the same continent, these teams and leagues. Yeah. It's just it's an interesting thought. I personally think genius if they do pull it off. Well, where do you draw the line? <laughs> where where do you draw the line? That's the problem. But this is it. They're going to change the whole rules of every league and it's going to get out of hand. Exactly. At the end of the day, they need competition. You know, the Premier League is financially superior to all the other leagues in Europe by a huge margin. So why not have another league that can compete with them on a much even bigger financial footing. They don't want to admit it, especially when you're a league of mostly American ownership. They don't want that. But it's your point. We, we've been accused, you know, going back to the Chelsea and the whole sort of Bowley debate, you know, we've been accused. So there's been various tweets and, and what have you on this today, but they're saying obviously Clear Lake Capital, majority owners of, of Chelsea, you know, they're, they're saying they're heavily backed by Saudi Arabia. So as part of what you were saying, Jamie, it's now, you know, although it's Twitter, it's not anything actual, you know, particularly serious. It's like, oh, well, the Saudis are actually back in Chelsea, who's owned by Americans. And it's it's a, it's a headache, to be honest. But you, you're going to have to draw the line somewhere. Well, this is where you have the problem of FFP for your teams. Like, as a City fan, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. Let's be honest. I'm not going to say I am. 
but it's going to be a problem because it's something that's anti what's well, anti like business really it's if i've got a billionaire owner if i'm like a small shop i've got a billionaire owner i'm going to pump money into that i can't go oh no i can't i can't build my business i th- i think it could be it could if something happened like that what you're saying reese where they bring in mbappe and loan him to newcastle for example that that has got to be the downfall of ffp massively because you can't be ha- you you can't be allowing them to do that and then hindering anyone who's not owned by one of them clubs but i also don't see that extreme happening let's say it might be for one or two players who are like even a, a neves kind of player that could happen but i see i don't see any massive stars happening but it still it could be the downfall of ffp um all right well look let we, we've we've defended i guess we, we've said the benefits we, we've sort of defended the saudi arabian situation let, let's flip it on its head for the final few minutes. What are the downsides of this? Because I'll start with one. I think we've seen it probably over the last five to ten years, but player power has got completely and utterly out of hand. We've seen boardrooms you know, collapse. We've seen managers continuously sacked, particularly at Chelsea, but many other clubs, sacked after sacked after sacked, because player power is out of control. For me, the, the, the downside of this, and, and maybe you can chuck America in there as well, but the downside of the Saudi Arabian takeover situation is player power will get even worse because you've got these big, and, and again, I'll use my club as, as an example, but you've got players like, you know, Ziyech, Koulibaly, and it might be harsh to say this, but those players on silly, silly money who have had an absolute shocker of a season collectively don't look motivated, don't look like they care for the clubs, happy to sit there on fat wages and do nothing because they now know, even more so than before, they now know that Saudi Arabia will probably just come in and give them even more money. So they're even less incentivized to care. And I think now you'll see even more players who get to that stage in their careers where they effectively give up. And they go, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll we'll see out our contracts or we just know we're going to get money from Saudi Arabia. So I think that for me is one of the biggest downsides of this. It could make things worse. The only thing I have against that is you got to remember the Saudis aren't going to want every player. So some players are going to probably try and make that move and they're going to have egg on their face, really. So it, it is it is something that will happen. It, like, you're, like I think a good example actually is Mbappe. I know it's not to Saudi, it's to Real Madrid, possibly from PSG. But he's taking the mick basically he's doing what exactly what he wants and that is something that could happen that's a problem over there um concerns is i think actually just from our perspective is losing talent in the premier league and let's say they do actually want to go over there and losing big players and that then will devalue what we watch every week and that includes not just the Premier League, but if we're watching the German, Italian, Spanish leagues, and then into the Champions League, into Europa, it could devalue them as well. I think that's something that so European football has got to keep an eye on this at the very least, I think. 
no downsides from me. The only issue is, is obviously, like I said, you can't just have all your players there being 33, 34, and you only get a year out of them. You're constantly replacing them. That's the only thing they need to be careful of. You know, start investing in some young, hungry talent. That's very hard to do, but all it'll take is one or two and you'll get a domino effect. As far as I'm concerned, you know, the Premier League has been the juggernaut for so long, it'll be a juggernaut for a while, but it needs to understand that it needs competition as far as I'm concerned. Want to respond to Saudi League dominance, then they'll create a Super League, won't they? It's just how it is. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, just get over it. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, there you have it. No concerns whatsoever from Reese. That just about wraps us up for another episode. This is, of course, an important debate to have. Let us know your thoughts in the comments on Instagram or on TikTok. And we're on Clapper now as well. Give us a follow on that. But as always, like, comment, and subscribe. You know the drill. Thank you.